0: Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. For the first time since
1: 2016, the Cleveland Browns have won a football game. Can you believe it? Last night, they beat the Jets 21-17. And in dramatic fashion, Baker Mayfield comes in at the end of the first half, relieves Tyrod Taylor, leads the Browns all the way back from a fourteen nothing deficit, and it looks like it is officially Baker Mayfield time in Cleveland. Pat Cotter here to join me today on Pad the Stats, your fantasy football podcast. I'm James Swanson, your host. Hi, Pat. How you doing, buddy? Uh, it's oh, been great. it's been a few weeks since we've done one together.
0: Yeah, it's been a big transition. We're moving back to Pennsylvania here, you know from. Uh from veterinary school, but glad to be back. Glad to be on the pod and, uh, loving the fantasy football season.
1: Yeah. So let me, let's just start off right at the top here. Let's talk Browns jets. And I just want to get your opinion on what you saw last night. Once Baker Mayfield got into the game, uh, seemed to really put some life into the Browns offense. What were your takeaways?
0: Oh, he, he seemed like an, he seemed like he just completely revived that team. he like, I, it, I think just, Uh, the play that I think is going to describe his career is that one where he fumbles the ball um, on the two point conversion. No, no, no. The one before that, it was like a third, it was like a second down, I think. And Joel Petonio picks it up and runs about 10 yards. Oh, (laughs) I'm like, Oh man, like the Cleveland team just looked like they wanted it more when Baker was in there. He's, he's a leader. And I think that is going to be what he is. He's going to be a frustrating guy to have just because he's going to be up and down. I think he's going to be a gunslinger. He's going to be a guy like Favre, but he's going to really bring some life to that Browns offense.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Um, didn't it look like when he came into the game, the zip out of it, like the zip on the football that he had compared to Tyrod Taylor, it was just like, just look completely different, didn't it?
0: He, he Well, he offers them a lot in the passing game where Tyrod is just, I mean, I don't think Tyrod is as bad as he's looked, but... He's not a great quarterback and you can see why the Buffalo Bills even though they made the playoffs wanted to get rid of him. Yep. But Baker Baker gives them a lot of what Tyrod can do in the pocket. He might not be as dynamic of a runner, but he can escape the pocket as you saw last night and he gives them he's a lot better of a passer. So that offense I think is just a big upgrade with him in there.
1: Yeah, he can just kind of keep plays alive, it seems like. He's not a very fast guy. Not super athletic, but he can just kind of keep things alive. He keeps his eyes downfield, and that's a, a huge benefit to an offense that has been obviously struggling for the past year and a half, two years, to, and longer than that, just to try to find a quarterback that gives them a different dynamic. And maybe, just maybe, Baker Mayfield is that guy um, so I mentioned that they that he brought them back from that 14-0 deficit. Tyrod Taylor, just to run through some of the numbers, completed just four 14 passes for 19 yards before he exited with a uh, potential concussion is what they're calling it. Um, Mayfield finished the night 17-23, to 23, 201 yards. So let me ask you this, Pat. Who do you think on the Browns offense gets the biggest boost moving forward, or do you think it will be a collective uh, – kind of a collective unit everybody kind of gets to gets a boost from this
0: i think everybody gets a boost i'm gonna be really keep my eye on two guys i think it's gonna be njoku and callaway to keep your eye on this this uh on like upcoming njoku i man i really liked his talent coming in he just hasn't got targeted maybe baker will be the guy the guy that looks for him a little bit more he's been dropping a lot of passes though but he made some nice catches this week so hopefully maybe baker coming in there will revitalize him and Callaway, yeah. man, this guy looks like a stud. He's gonna—I I mean, I don't see unless some running backs go down this week, he probably will be the number one waiver wire addition on the week.
1: Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot that can happen in on week three on Sunday, Monday that could change that. But he's going to be one of the guys, and I've seen him available in a couple of my leagues. I don't know if you've seen him as well, where you're like, hey, I, maybe I should. I, I'm thinking about dropping a guy for Callaway, and I've definitely come across that scenario. I think I dropped Robbie Anderson for him. Your boy, Easy. Robbie Anderson. Easy. Yeah, Tony Callaway.
0: He's so talented, dude. He just runs down the field and then just keeps running. That's all he yeah. does. Straight lines.
1: Yeah, Who's that, Robbie Anderson?
0: Robbie Anderson. I mean, Callaway <laughs> looks like that too. And, and you know, he – I mean, hopefully he can take a, a page out of – well, not a page out of jo- uh, uh, Josh Gordon's book, hopefully he can learn from him because all I heard about this guy coming into the league that he's super talented, but he's got some es- issues up in – you know, upstairs, so hopefully mm-hmm. he can stay out of trouble. Yeah. And he looks like a burner.
1: He does. 15 targets, 7 catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown in 3 games. That's not overwhelming, but he didn't get really any work in Week 1. I think he uh, saw 10 targets. Steelers. Yeah, he had a, yeah, yeah, he did. He had 10 targets. Wasn't very efficient. I think he only had 3 or 4 catches. Um, But, yeah, he looks like he has the potential to be a complete receiver with also the ability to take the top off the defense and we saw Tyrod underthrow him very badly in the first half I don't know if you saw that play it would have been a touchdown yeah it was, um, it was
0: so bad it was so he, bad
1: yeah it would have been a, it would have been an easy touchdown he was had three or four steps on the defensive back so that's god. what
0: my that's god what, is Jarvis a stud
1: oh that catch wow that he
0: had down the field that the one he just he Basically went up over top of the the, uh, the cornerback and caught it through him even though he had, he had a hand on it.
1: Yep, he, he and so he just kind of held it there. He just kind of held yep. it there. St- strong, has-
0: strong hands, man. Strong hands. I tell you, he's a top ten wide receiver in this league.
1: He is very talented. talented. He is very talented. I just wish he would score more touchdowns. That's the only thing from a uh, you know from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, but otherwise, yes. I mean from. A, pure talent standpoint route running uh, agility quickness balance I mean for all those those kind of things Jarvis Landry brings to the table from athleticism standpoint and he looks like he is going to be by far the best receiver especially with Josh Gordon out of Cleveland now I'm also interested, like you, Pat, in David Njoku, what he can do moving forward with Baker Mayfield, because I agree. I think he's very, very talented. I talked about him in the preseason, uh, while drafts were taking place, and I said, hey, this guy is going to be a top twelve tight end. I still think he can be. He's seen sixteen targets in three games. He had fourteen in the first two, and then Mayfield found him twice last night for thirty-two yards. So I think that hopefully uh, uh, that will carry over. Uh, those couple completions looked good, and again, I just really hope that that can kind of continue moving forward into um, you know some games, you know, into the Browns' season. Uh, lot lot of games to be played still, and hopefully Baker Mayfield can keep this momentum going, and the rest of the Browns playmakers can keep this uh, momentum going. Let's talk about Carlos Hyde a little bit, Pat, and I wanted to ask you. Uh, I was trying to think of a okay trade scenario. Would you trade Carlos Hyde for Jarvis Landry in a PPR league?
0: Oh, easily. Jarvis Landry's yeah. a guy I would love to have on my team. He's going to be pretty solid throughout the year, I think. Let me ask you, would you rather have Jarvis Landry or Allen Robinson rest of the season?
1: I still think oh boy. I think I'd have I'd rather have Jarvis Landry in a PPR oh, league. Me too. Yep. Me too. I'd rather have. Jar- but Allen Robinson has been targeted heavily. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming. Games.
0: I'm turning around on him, man. You, you've been you've been pounding his drums all year, man. I think I'm starting to come around on him a little bit.
1: I'm telling you, he is going to be. People thought that Trey Burton was going to be the best receiver in that offense at at one time, and I think I still think it's going to be Allen Robinson. And yeah, and they don't Trubisky at all? No, they haven't. We'll talk about the Bears more when we do the uh, um, NFC preview because I think who do they have this week? Who do the Bears, Bears. have? Do we know?
0: Can, can we find uh, that out i can't remember i can't yeah, remember who they-
1: i can't remember who they play this week um they go to arizona yeah
0: that's
1: it they go to arizona this week we'll talk about that more when we get to the nfc previews and see home game previews duke johnson let's talk about him a little bit um you know is he he's had just four touches or four touches last night and he's had just 15 touches in three games is he somebody who's droppable
0: Oh, man, I really hate dropping him, man. I, he's a guy that I'm willing to hold on to just because he's so talented. And if this offense is going to see an uptick in in their ability, I think Duke Johnson's a guy who, if they can get him going, he's oh, he's he's a stud, man. He's really one of the best players in this league As, in terms of a pass-catching standpoint. He's got to get going at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. If, um,
0: if you if you have short benches, Duke Johnson's a guy you can drop. But if you have a if you got a good team and you don't need to pick up anybody right now, Duke Johnson's a guy I would hold on to.
1: He was dropped in our league. Yep. Jason. I mean,
0: we have only have we only have three benches.
1: Yeah, three it's bench a different teams. scenario for sure. So,
0: a fourteen team league with three bench spots, Duke Johnson's a guy you probably can drop if you need to pick up somebody that's producing. If there's a guy out there who's producing, but if you can keep a hold of him. I would not be I don't want to drop Duke Johnson. If I have to, I will, but I don't want to. Hugh
1: Jackson has said they need to get the ball in his hands more after that New Orleans game and they haven't done it to this point yet. It's only been three games granted. So hopefully that will kind of pick up a little bit. Um who do you think starts performing first though? Duke Johnson or Tariq Cohen?
0: Duke Johnson. Okay. I I think they're both similar backs. I think Duke Johnson Duke Johnson's better. I mean Cohen's the Maybe the upstart Duke Johnson, then the, the league's next Duke Johnson, but he hasn't shown it yet. I still like what I've seen out of Cohen, but Duke Johnson's done it and Cohen hasn't.
1: Okay. Um Back to Carlos Hyde. So he finished last night 23 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns, scored his fourth touchdown of the season, added two catches on three targets. So he now has 61 carries, 203 yards, just 3.3 yards per carry, so not great in that department, four touchdowns. And he's added four catches for fifteen yards on six targets. So now that Duke John or I'm sorry, Carlos Hyde is in his sixth season, he's played in sixteen games just once in his career. So Pat, do you think that Carlos Hyde is somebody that you can sell high right now? Or would you I want mean, to sell him? Or would you I just want to kind of hold on to him?
0: I don't think I'd want to sell him. You know, the the lack of catching is alarming, but he gonna he's gonna get a workload. And I mean that offensive line doesn't look great. He's running into, into the back of his his linemen a lot, you know, they're getting pushed back. He's not seeing a lot of lanes, but he's a guy who's going to produce for you whenever he's in there. And I, I, mean, I still think he's a very talented back. He's a guy like Lamar Miller, who I think gets a lot of flack when they don't he doesn't deserve it. And I think he, especially this offense is going to, like, live up to its potential, what people thought. He's going to be a guy that's going to score a lot of touchdowns. You saw he was in on those goal line carries. They brought in Chubb for one or two, but he couldn't do it. And Carlos Hyde came in and got those carries, so... That this offense could be in the red zone a lot, and, and uh, Carlos Hyde could take benefit.
1: Yeah, for the people out there that had questions about Carlos Hyde's usage and if they were going to use their second-round pick Nick Chubb at all this year or work him in for an even split, that's not the case, and it has not been the case so far. Nick Chubb, I think, has just seen a handful of snaps this season so far. Um, it's you know quite a landslide. And I don't see that changing anytime soon, especially near the goal line. Carlos Hyde is definitely going to be that guy. So I would agree with you there. I think I would hold on to him. Now, would you Nick trade? Car-
0: Go uh, ahead. Nick Chubb has seen in the and I don't have the snap numbers yet for the for this game, but in the two games previous, Nick Chubb has seen only about five percent of the snaps where Carlos Hyde seen above 50 percent and Duke Johnson seen around 40 percent. Yeah. So Chubb is only getting in there on a handful of snaps. And I don't see that changing in the near future.
1: Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know. I think with how Cleveland wants to approach their backfield usage moving forward, too, I don't foresee that changing. Would you trade Carlos Hyde for Golden Tate?
0: Oh man, I think I would. I like Tate. The Tate Tate's really good, you know. But I still love running backs. Man, that's a hard one. It depends on your on your team, on how you're how They're you're. Right. Uh, you know, They're right in that same range. Team. Yeah, I agree. I think it just depends on how your team your team construction is. If you can get rid of Hyde for a guy like Tate, you need some wide receivers, I'd do it. But if in a in a vacuum, I'd probably stay I'd probably go with Hyde.
1: Okay. Um, let's move our focus towards the Jets a little bit. And the big question that I had from last night that I kept asking myself is when will the Jets open it up? Because they've talked so much about Sam Darnold and now they have really, really high hopes for him, obviously. I mean, they started him uh, at the beginning of the season from week one. But he completed just 15 of 31 passes last night for 169 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. I think he's taken a step back since that Detroit game, the first week of the season, that Monday night game. He had just 5.5 yards per attempt last night. Um, But the offense itself, I mean, they're throwing bubble screens to Quincy and Anunwa three or four times. They never seem to push the ball downfield at all. I know that Darnold, one of his knocks was he doesn't have like a cannon arm. He's got a, a an okay arm, I think, strong enough. Um, I'm a little bit worried though that they're just not going to like. I think Quincy noon was is, is is a safe number two, uh, just because of his usage, and I think the target share is going to be there for him. Um, I don't know, Pat. What did you see from the Jets' offense last night? Are they going to let Darnold open this thing up at all? Or are they just going to kind of keep it bottled up for his entire rookie season?
0: Uh, what I saw last night is this offense is bad, so bad. I like I like Darnold a lot. I think he's going to be a good wide re- or good. He's going to be a great wide receiver in this league. Probably a good quarterback. <laughs> but um, I think he's going to be good. I like. I but there's nobody around him. He doesn't have like the Browns is a is a as crazy it is, is a much more talented offense. I guess not for the Jets. If you're comparing the Jets and the Browns, but the the Jets, they don't have anybody around him. They need they need to like put some good players around him to for him to succeed. I mean, the running backs are subpar. And then was, might not crack the top 30 in wide receivers where Jarvis Landry, like I said, is the top 10 wide receiver. They, and they don't have anyone there. I don't, I, you know how much I love Robbie Anderson. He's about, <laughs> all he can do is run straight. Curse is okay. And, but I mean, he doesn't even have a tight end to throw to. It's just, he's not, his, and the offensive line is subpar as well. Like he needs people around him. I think he could be as good as Baker Mayfield in the future. Maybe more reliable, not as much of a gunslinger, but he just needs he needs somebody around him.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I, that's I, and Nunua, I agree, is probably the only ownable court, wide receiver in this in this offense.
1: I agree. They just need to get pieces around him to help him. I, I think that's more or less what it comes down to um, for the success of Sam Darnold. Let's talk about the Jets running backs. Who's the better Jets? running back the rest of this season. Is it Isaiah Cruell or is it Bilal Powell?
0: You know, I think Bilal Powell's the better running back, but Cruell's getting all those goal line carries and he's been able to, to convert on him. Honestly, if I were you, I would try to sell high on Cruell right now. Be like, yo, look, he's getting all these he's getting all these touchdowns. Try to try to sell him for a piece. Try to sell him for, you know, maybe a mid round wide receiver. You can get a guy like Cooper Cup. Or even Demarius Thomas, Kenny Galladay, I would sell that in a heartbeat for Crowell.
1: Do you think you could get Julian Edelman for Isaiah? Crowell? Yeah.
0: If you have if you're looking at a team that's, you know, maybe down in the dumps, needs a needs a running back, and is like if you're looking at an 0 and two team that has Julian Edelman needs a running back, you know, I would try to I would try that trade right now.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't that. be bad
0: at all. Try to sell high on him because he's not going to see these touchdowns the rest of the year. we've seen how bad this Jets offense is. I don't think they're going to see this kind, of, this kind of red zone usage, and I think Powell's the guy who's getting more of a workload in between the twenties.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point, especially if the Edelman owner going back to Julian Edelman if he's Owen two. This is a bit of a side note, but that's a uh, you made me think of this. If you're look around your league, if you see the Mark Ingram owner is 0 um, yeah, two, if if you see the Ju- Julian Edelman owner is 0 two, you get some the of these guys. Owner. Yeah, exactly. Um, zero two teams that are desperate that need something right now, and if you Maybe have
0: I like Corey Davis,
1: y- like, would you sell Matt Breida for Mark Ingram?
0: Whoa. No, I don't think so. No,
1: okay. I, I,
0: yeah. uh, I think, I think I, I think I would, because Mark Ingram, that they, the Saints have shown that they don't have any type of run game without Mark Ingram which scares me a little bit for Kamara. I love Kamara's talent. I know he's a better runner than he's, than he's shown so far. He'll be and fine I, in
1: PPO. I, I think he'll be
0: fine. I think he's going to be fine. I even, he's a better running back than his yardage shows right now, but Mark Ingram is a guy that when he gets back, he's going to get a workload because they have not been able to run the ball at all. Nobody even has been able to, besides Kamara, has been able to do anything there. So I think Mark Ingram's going to receive a heavy workload. So if you can get Mark Ingram for Brita... If you if you don't need Breeder right now, I think that'd be a good trade. If you're kind of you know low at the, at like hurting at running back now, I think Breer is going to be a good option for the rest of years. Kind of a RB two flex option. I think it's going to be up and down for him, but that wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad way to look at it. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, let's finish up the Browns Jets talk by ranking these four running backs. Pat Isaiah Crowell, Bilal Powell, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. Rank those four guys one through four.
0: I think you gotta put the the Patriots running backs first, man. I mean they're gonna be in a much better offense. I would probably for the rest of the year, you know you know how much I love to show Sony Michelle's talent. I drafted him in our dynasty league pretty early. I'm gonna go with him first and Burkhead next and then Powell, then Crowell.
1: Do you have any concerns about Rex Burkhead maybe being phased out a little bit in this offense if Sony Michelle plays really well and based on what we've seen from James White so far?
0: No, I don't. I think he's going to be the Crowell to Sony Michelle's pal, You know, I think uh, he's going to, he's going to be the the, the goal line back. Honestly, the more I've looked at it, the more I feel better about Burkhead. I think there's going to be a classic Patriots, you know, running back crew where it's going to go up and down. I think White's going to be pretty much the most consistent guy, but I think they're they're going to be I think they're going to do well. They didn't run the ball the, all that much last week. White saw a lot of the snaps, but I think going forward, Burkhead and Michelle will see a good amount of snaps and can have some good weeks for you.
1: Okay, cool. So taking the Patriot running backs uh, over the Jets running backs in that situation. Let's move on to the league news and notes, and I don't have as many today. I'm going to run through these fairly quickly, but we did have to touch on some of the very big news here, including the big news today, Dalvin Cook. That hamstring injury—he's not going to be ready to go Sunday at home versus the Bills. And I made a huge move as soon as I saw this news, Pat. We
0: we both saw it at the same time, man. And then you just—you were quicker on the gun.
1: Yep, I went in there within about thirty seconds, and um, it was funny because we are in a—we're in a group chat, and um, in our one league, in our—it's our most important league. I play in seven leagues. Pat plays in what are you playing? Eight leagues, nine leagues. Uh, so we're very, we're heavily involved in a lot of different leagues, formats, you know, dynasty redraft, everything you can pretty much think of, best ball, we do it all. But in our most important league, which is all of our close friends, um, you know, we have a chat and we we smack talk each other, we're all, we, we you know, we bring up trade offers, we bring up um, league news and notes, ever everything in that chat, basically, we spill it out in this chat. And um, basically what happened today was I was just about to, I I saw the news about Dalvin cook come across my phone. And basically what I do is I relay most of the information to the league, to our league owners. Um, and so we I was mostly just,
0: a lot of times to make fun of the people that have these guys. Like you see, you see Dalvin yeah. cook goes out. You're like, ah, look at, look at that. We actually, there's just a trade for Dalvin cook in our league. We should get into a little later. We will. Uh, Let's mention uh, that. But, Let's yeah. mention
1: that in a second. Let me, let me just, I just want to finish really quick. Cause it was funny though, because I was literally relaying that information. And as I was typing it, I was like, you know what, what, what am I doing? I need to just go into Yahoo right now and claim, uh Latavius Murray and not tell everybody about it first and Pat you had you did the same exact thing I did
0: the same exact thing I saw you I legitimately legitimately, uh, I legitimately saw you typing on the on the whatsapp and then I go to I'm like what am I doing I'm like better pick up Latavius actually right now if you're listening to this right now and look and make sure Latavius Murray isn't claiming your league because you he is going to be a stud this week but I went to type in, and I'm thinking the same thing. What am I doing? I'm better pick him up. And I go to Adam. It says he's oh, he's available in your league. I hit add, and it goes sorry, he's been claimed.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny um, because it it happened so quickly. And you know, you like I said, like you just said, you know, I went putting the claim, then you tried it, and um. But that's how competitive. Seconds later. Yep, yeah, that's how competitive our league is. It's really fun. And if I would recommend, if you. Um, or with a bunch of your league mates. You probably already do this, but WhatsApp is a great, uh, just a great messaging app that we yeah, use. WhatsApp
0: group We, we really like is. it.
1: Um, oh, let's get yeah. back to that trade really quickly. So uh, it went down uh, earlier this week, and Pat, what were the details? I know, I know, David Johnson and uh, Dalvin Cook were uh, obviously involved.
0: I want to say it was David Johnson and Crowder for. Uh,
1: Sammy Watkins Dalvin was in Cook
0: there. Dalvin Cook and Sammy Watkins. And I thought the Sammy Watkins and Dalvin Cook side one, uh, it definitely swings a little bit more towards the David Johnson. Side. I really think David Johnson could a great guy to trade for, but I would rather have gone, you know, David Johnson for uh, Cook straight up. Okay. Because I don't I, – I mean, I just – you know, I like I liked Crowder a lot this season. but He hasn't get any kind of usage, and Sammy Watkins looks like he's going to be good this year mm-hmm. with that offense. So, do you? Th- I just I thought I thought he gave up a little bit extra, too much with that kind of add on part.
1: Uh, are you worried that what Sammy Watkins did against the Steelers last week is maybe just a little bit of a? Um,
0: I don't you know, kind I of. Don't. A-
1: Smoking mirrors. No, I
0: don't think it's a fluke. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna get usage this year. He's gonna be a solid wide receiver two for your team.
1: Okay. What about David Johnson? Are we worried about that workload? I mean, I guess more so what I at should point, be asking. Some point they're gonna have to get him the ball. Are we at just? Some
0: point they're gonna have to get him the ball.
1: Are we worried mostly just about how bad that offense is going to be probably all year?
0: I think it's. I mean, it's going to be bad, man. But they're going to have to feed him at some point. Yeah. I think he's definitely taken a downgrade and if you're if you would redraft right now, you're probably take he's probably going to be the towards the end of the first round. You know, you're going to probably but even then Dalvin Cook, a guy like Dalvin Cook, he hasn't done much yet. So uh I still, still think David Johnson's one of the most talented running backs in this league and it's going to show itself at some point.
1: If you're redrafting today, would you rather have Melvin Gordon over David Johnson?
0: Oh my god, yeah. Melvin Gordon's going to go like he would go third behind Gurley, and probably Zeke if not, but it's arguable that you could put him above Zeke.
1: He might go second. Yeah.
0: Agreed. It's going to be him and Zeke right there and then a B and then Michael Thomas.
1: Okay. Let's, let's keep going. CJ Mosley knee. He's leaning towards the doubtful side this weekend. Um, against denver so that's a big loss for the ravens defense jhi and darren sproles both been ruled out so Corey clement uh he'll be slated for a pretty good size workload i would i would not um you know be surprised if we saw Corey clement get at least 15 touches this week and uh he's a very very nice rb2 i think in a ppr league i'm starting him in my flex in a half point ppr against you actually pat
0: I got one for you. Who who would you who would you start out of these guys? Tevin Coleman, Corey Clement, Gio Bernard, or Latavius Murray.
1: Oh man. I think I would go Murray because of that yeah. matchup against the matchup against Bubba.
0: the, that is the a great that is a great matchup.
1: The matchup against the Bills and the fact that Vegas has the Vikings winning by two touchdowns. I think that's I, I just have a feeling they're gonna be up that entire game and they're gonna lean on Murray. Like there there's a really good chance that he carries the ball 23 24 times.
0: Who's who's the third running back in there now? Uh well there's
1: Rock Thomas and Rock Thomas. Rock Thomas and uh yes. and love Mike that name. Oh and Mike Boone. Mike
0: Boone. I love if you Rock oh, Thomas. Who is
1: Oh, the Vikings announcer. What is his name? I'll have to think. I'll have to think about the the Vikings. Is it uh, um, Ricky Stansy? It's not Ricky Stansy. It's our okay. that's our favorite name to pull out of the hat. When we have absolutely no idea what a person's name is, but it's not Ricky Stansy. Um, oh, what is it? I'll 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 figure it out here. Um, oh, man, Paul Allen. Paul, it's Paul Allen. Oh, wow. Well, Paul Allen, I was watching a preseason game, and when he said. Mike Boone had about seven carries on one possession. I can't remember who they were playing. It was the preseason, and every time he just said Mike Boone, and every it was the most awesome thing. I, I don't know what it was, the just the way he said Mike Boone, and it stuck with me. There's no reason that I should remember that the Vikings like fourth running back is Mike Boone. But I remembered after I heard Paul Allen and say hope, it like 10 I hope times.
0: These two guys, I hope these two guys dominate just for the namesake.
1: <laughs> you got to hear it. I'm going to send you the audio clip. You have to hear Paul Allen say Mike wow. Boone like 10 times. It's the, it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Um, But Paul Allen is, he's just, he just brings the game to life. He's almost like, um, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but, What's his face on?
0: I think I know you're going away. on I think I on Fox
1: going. that calls the college football games.
0: Oh, um, well, I thought you were going to go to the NHL. No,
1: Gus Johnson. Oh, Mike Doc Emmer. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting off on a tangent here. What are we talking about? Um, anyway, we got some Colts news. Marlon Mack, Anthony Costanzo, Jack Doyle, all been ruled out this week. Big uh, step back for Marlon Mack. Apparently, he had like a foot or an ankle injury. He's, I think, uh, I
0: think he had a hamstring and a foot injury. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like he took a step back with the hamstring injury and then the foot on top of it. So he's going to be out, uh, look for another, you know, decent workload. Well, they're probably going to be behind in this game at Philly. So I don't. I like
0: Wilkins this week. I like Wilkins. You do this like week. Wilkins? Why? I think he could. Or no, I mean, not Wilkins, Naheem Hines. Hines, I, like I was going to say. Hines. Yeah. And fire up your Eric Ebrons.
1: Yes. With Jack Doyle that out. Is-
0: he's one of my starts of the week, man. Get him going.
1: Okay. Are you starting him over Evan Ingram?
0: No, not that,
1: not, not that crazy. crazy. Okay. Not that.
0: Crazy. But if, I mean, if you, if you're got one of those bottom type of tight ends, I'm saying Ebron, you know, if you got a guy, I mean, even start him over Trey Burton at this point.
1: Uh, yeah, that's not a bad one. We haven't seen anything from Burton yet. Um, Marquise Goodwin with the quad injury. He's a game time decision still. So keep an eye out on that. Um, I know I have Pierre Garçon going in my Dynasty League, and I don't know if that hurts or helps because we haven't really seen a whole lot from Garçon yet anyway. But something to keep an eye on with Goodwin. Titans uh, getting some good news on their offensive line. Left tackle, Taylor Lewan concussion. He's passed the league protocol. He is going to start this Sunday against Jacksonville. Jack Conklin also could make his season debut. Uh, He tore his ACL, I've mentioned this before, in the AFC Divisional Game against the Patriots in January, so he's looking like he might make his debut as well. Marcus Mariota, on the other hand, his status is still very much up in the air with that pinched nerve in his elbow. We don't know if he can actually even really grip a football yet or make some of the throws necessary, so um, not sure if he's going to go. Eli Apple and Olivier Vernon are both out for the Giants defense at the Texans. Everson Griffin with a knee injury. He's out versus the Bills. That's a big one for the Vikings defense, though. I don't know how much it will matter this week. Not going to matter. (laughs) Right. Uh, Panthers right guard Trey Turner, concussion. He's out again versus the Bengals. The Panthers' offensive line just continues to be really beat up, and we've seen that in the running game. They really haven't been able to get a lot going with McCaffrey on the ground. Thankfully, his receiving (laughs) makes up for it a ton. Vikings center, another bit of Vikings news here, uh, Pat Eiflein ankle shoulder he's out versus the bills um in my notes i put pat viking center pat is out versus the Bills. i'm out yeah Shoot. you're out dude you're not playing I better,
0: i'll see you later then i better go like ice my ankle then
1: <laughs> yeah they're hanging up that 70, bad shoulder, Jersey. so
0: it makes sense
1: <laughs> all right pat let's do our starts of the week uh how about you get us started and let's get your starts of the week pat fire away
0: all right, the guy I like number 1 this guy this week is a guy I've been, you know, I've been telling you guys to get on all your teams this year. The guy named George Kittle. I think that he's going to have a huge game this week. Eric Berry is out again, you know. This is Eric Berry's one of the best safeties in the league and if you don't have him, it's going to make it a lot harder to judge or to uh, cover your tight ends and the Chiefs have been dominated by tight ends this this year. The Steelers, they they passed all over with the tight ends. They they had a what it was eight catches for 164 yards and one touchdown last week, for among all their tight ends. Jesse mm-hmm. James himself had five receptions for 138 yards and a touchdown. So I think that George Kittle is going to eat this week. It's going to be a high scoring game in my estimate. Uh, the Vegas what Vegas has the line at. Uh, we'll come to this later. We'll, I'll get that line later. That's I think okay. it's, it's supposed to be a high, pretty high-scoring game. So. It is. Well, actually, I you know what? Up. Sorry to interrupt
1: you. It's. I think it's at fifty-two and a half.
0: Yeah, so. this game is. It's going to be a. I mean, it's. It, maybe it'll end up to be one of those games you expect it to be a high-scoring game, and then nobody scores anything. But I think this is going to be one of those games that just you know they're going back and forth, and the San Francisco's gonna have to try to keep up with that high-flying Kansas City offense. So fire up George Kittle. I would start him over guys like Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Jimmy Graham. Give me him.
1: Cool. Trey Burton. Is George Kittle a top five tight end this week?
0: He is at five. Nice. The only guys I'd start over him is your top three normal guys and Jordan Reed.
1: Okay. All right. So George Kittle, big, big play this week. My number one guy, we're going to stick in that same game. And that's Matt Breida had a huge game last weekend Um, At home against the Lions, really kind of a coming out party for him. With Jerick McKinnon done for the year, we were very hopeful that somebody would step up in the Niners backfield because we we always had a feeling that this offense had some potential with Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, Matt Breida proved to be that guy last weekend. I think he's going to continue to phase out. Uh, or at least you know, kind of taking advantage over Alfred Morris. I think that's going to continue this week, mainly because I think that the 49ers are going to be behind in this game. They're going to be trailing maybe by 10 or more points at some point in the game. They're going to have to abandon the run game with Alfred Morris, and that means Matt Breed is going to be lined up next to Jimmy Garoppolo a hell of a lot in the second half. So I, I just mentioned it about those them being behind, the line on this game is plus 4.5, and, and as we mentioned, the over-under is 52.5. Now, I know that Matt has only had six targets this season so far, but I'm predicting this week, this Sunday, at Arrowhead, Matt is going to have six catches on eight targets, and he's also ha- going to add another 12 to 14 carries. So we're going to be looking at potentially 20 total touches for Matt Breida at Kansas City this week. And if that's not enough for you, the Chiefs have surrendered 20 receptions on 24 targets to running backs so far this season. That's including a league high allowed 242 receiving yards uh, to running backs. The next highest, Pat, 187 yards to the the Colts defense. So this defense is very suspect to running backs, catching the ball out of the backfield. I expect that to be a big calling card for the Niners this weekend. And specifically Matt Breida, Pat, man, go ahead.
0: I can feel your passion there with Matt Breida. He's a guy that I'm like, he's going to be like one of my slow your roll guys on him for the rest of the season. But I really like him this, this week. He they, I agree with you that they should, he should see a lot of workload with them being behind most of the game. I still think Alfred Morris, if they ever can be up in any games, is going to get a lot of work because is just a small guy. I don't think he's going to be the the ground-and-pound type of dude, but this week, fire him up. Fire him up.
1: I agree with you. I think season-long, they're still going to work in Morris, especially in those situations where they're leading, and Matt Breida is going to have weeks where he's down. But this week, that's right, Pat. He's going to have a huge game this week at Kansas City. Uh, Put it on the board. All right, who is your number two Put guy? On
0: Put it on the uh, board. My guy is a guy I freaking hate. God, I, <laughs> no, I'm mad. I really made him my, we both my starts of the week, but oh my, this hurts to even say. He's his. Uh, I'm just gonna say TB12. You know who that is? The goat. <laughs> I hate saying it, but Giselle? he is amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he. I think this is self-explanatory. The Lions have lit up. Actually, they've actually let up the least, the fourth least passing yards in the league. But I think Tom Brady's going to come out against this defense, who has not shown anything. The 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 uh, what they've played so far, the the uh, Lions have faced pretty bad offenses to begin with. They what they faced uh, the Jets the first week, the, and, nine, the
1: uh, Niners, who haven't the been Niners? great.
0: No, and I think that Tom Brady's going to come out and dominate. They've let up. I I mean, honestly, I don't see why he can't do well. I think he's got a lot of. He's got. He just got Josh Gordon, who we'll see how much he plays this week. But he's Gronk is going to dominate this off this this defense. And I think that uh, Chris Hogan could even have himself a game. And honestly, I see. I can almost guarantee you that one of these running backs is going to have a good game. I just cannot tell you which one it's going to be. I'm going to go with my bold prediction and say one of these running backs has 20 points this week. I just don't know which one. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'm going to guess that it's going to be Burkhead, and he gets two touchdowns.
1: Mm, okay. So you one think
0: one one rushing, but I think Tom Brady will gash this Lions defense.
1: Yeah. So that probably means you think that uh, obviously the the Patriots are going to be inside the ten yard line quite a bit.
0: I think they're game. going to. I think this could be a shootout because the, the uh, again, I think this is going to be another like one of those bonanza type games where. Uh, everybody's scoring points, putting points up. I like the Lions this week. I like the Patriots this week, and Tom Brady is going to take full advantage of that.
1: Okay, so George Kittle and Tom Brady were the first two starts of the week for Pat. My first uh, start of the week, Matt Breida. My number two is Emmanuel Sanders, kind of a under-the-radar one this week. I don't think many people would be looking that this is kind of a start of the week, but I'm going to use it as kind of my wild card Uh, And I'm going to tell you why. Look, Baltimore has allowed four touchdowns to receivers so far this season. Look, I know the season's young, whatever. Um, There's a bunch of teams tied with four touchdowns, a lot of wide receivers, but it is the second worst currently. No Jimmy Smith, no C.J. Mosley. We saw Tyler Boyd rip that team last weekend uh, or last on Thursday night. Was it Thursday night
0: last week? I think Baltimore, Cincinnati. There was. There was. Think. Yes. It was. It was. Yes. I was actually, yeah, I was in Philadelphia that day.
1: That's right. So it was a Thursday night game. Tyler Boyd had six catches on nine targets for 91 yards and a touchdown. I expect Manuel Sanders to play a similar role as Tyler Boyd did last week. And I'm going to say Emmanuel Sanders has two touchdowns in this game. Again, it's going to be, I've been on this, this theme a lot that it's going to be Sanders over Thomas. And it's played out that way so far. We have not seen a lot from Demarius Thomas, and we've seen a lot from emmanuel sanders he's going to keep that momentum going this weekend i don't think case keenum we're going to talk about this game in a little bit is a is a play really in this game at baltimore because they've done a good job against quarterbacks but i do think emmanuel sanders finds a way to become a very productive fantasy wide receiver in week three
0: i love it i love it i agree with you okay tyler boyd another guy to watch
1: Yes, yeah, Yeah. Tyler Boyd is another guy to watch. We'll talk about more more about him as well uh,
0: next episode.
1: Yes, probably. Right.
0: My guy, my guy, another guy, kind of a under the radar, kind of guy. Might be guy. Might you might be frustrated with, but do not worry. Kenyon Drake is going to get going this week. Oakland, you've seen that defense look absolutely horrendous. This team, the offense took a step forward this this past one, but you know. This, this defense has not done anything. They traded away their man, Khalil Mack. I think they should have kept Khalil Mack over David Carr, but that's another thing. Or, yeah, D- Carr. David, Carr. David Carr. David Carr's yeah. brother. They, oh, same. Yeah, whatever. Should, they really should sign David Carr and just get rid of Carr, the other Carr, the other Carr <laughs> brother. But uh, Oakland has allowed the seventh most fancy points per game to opposing running backs, 22. And uh, they have also left the second most rushing yards in the league. And now, yeah, one of those games is worse versus, versus the Rams. But you know who that other game was against? Denver. And Denver, we didn't expect them to have the best running game in the uh, in the league that last this year. But guess who was the one that dominated them? Philip Lindsay. Kenyon and Drake is a better version of Philip Lindsay. I think that Kenyon Drake gets going this week. I think he dominates the touches. I think he at least gets a hundred yard rushing yards and also gets at least five catches.
1: Like nice. I, I like that a lot. And um, hopefully. Uh, Frank Gore takes a major back seat in this game, which it sounds like I that you're predicting.
0: I don't think I honestly don't think he will. He saw forty percent of the snaps last week to Ke- to Kenyon Drake sixty percent. But Kenyon Drake is a guy that doesn't need all the snaps to it's gonna be to, uh, more of an efficiency thing. Yeah. Yeah, Kenyon Drake's a guy who's gonna if he breaks one one big play, that's what he does. You know, I think he's a very talented running back and he honestly be happy that he's not getting a huge workload because he could break down if he's seeing a ton a big workload early in the season so he's a guy i think they're going to kind of see where 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 he you know what he the the percentage of snaps he needs to be efficient and this offense has actually been a lot better than you would think as much as me and you do not like you well We're much more of a hater than me but he's been very good so far this year
1: the dolphins have looked Good so far. They're two and zero, and the defense looks good. The secondary looks good. I think this team is uh, maybe be maybe it might be a little bit surprising. It might be even a team that can win nine games. And I like the pick. I I think this is a really really nice matchup. Um, uh, sorry, I lost my lost my spot here for um Kenyon Drake this Dennis. weekend. Yeah, I'm scrolling through my notes like a madman right now because I lost my spot. Okay, let's keep it moving because uh. We need to get into the game still, and we're at about 40 minutes on the podcast, so we gotta we gotta do some serious work here, Pat. Um, Lamar Miller. I'm gonna talk about your guys, Ooh, my I number three my dude. start of the week because I think that the Houston Texans are going to have a nice, comfortable, cushy lead against the New York Football Giants this weekend in Houston. I think they're going to be up again, uh, kind of like I mentioned with Kansas City and, and San Francisco. I think it's going to be a double-digit lead for the Texans, uh, a good portion of this game. I think Eli is going to struggle again. I think the Giants' offense is going to struggle again. God, does he look bad? Um, he does. He does. So I think Houston's offense gets on track this week. I think Deshaun Watson gets on track. And my bold take from this game, Lamar Miller has not scored a touchdown yet this season. He's going to score three in this Three. game, he's going to have two on the ground Three. And, and, and he's going to have one receiving. I'm calling wow, it right now.
0: Cold. I'm I'm praying for it, man, because I, I love Lamar Miller. You know, he's been my guy.
1: Yep. He's going to be a top eight back this week.
0: That'll, that'll, make, that'll make my day.
1: He's going to be a top eight day. back this week against the Giants at home. And again, this is mostly based off of game flow. I believe that the Texans are going to be up in this game. They're going to be up early and often, and that's going to be a huge benefit for Lamar Miller. Okay, let's do the AFC home games preview. We have five games to get to tonight. I'm going to get to all the NFC games tomorrow on the Saturday podcast. But let's get right into, Pat. Denver at Baltimore Sunday, 1 o'clock at Baltimore, like I mentioned. So I don't think Case Keenum is a great start this weekend, even with Mosley Uh, And Jimmy Smith out. He's been the QB 16 so far this season. He's been a little bit up and down. Three touchdowns, three picks in week one uh, versus the Seattle Seahawks. And then last week he didn't have a touchdown. Um, But the Ravens have allowed just 18.4 points per game to quarterbacks this season. Um, So it's not a great matchup on the road. We haven't seen quarterbacks in the past play very well um, at Baltimore. So I want you, Pat, to rank these four receivers in this game. Because I still think that that I mentioned before, I do think Emmanuel Sanders, even if Case Kingdom doesn't have a great fantasy day, has a chance to be a good fantasy wide receiver. So I want you to rank these four receivers for me. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Michael Crabtree, and John Brown.
0: You know, the funny thing about this game is uh, the Vegas does not see this as a very low scoring game. They're, they're putting it as a 44 and a half point over under that surprises me with how, with how much, how good these defenses are supposed to be. I don't think it'll get to that point, but when you're with that, I would probably go Sanders is my number one. I'm going to go be bold here and go John Brown as my number two and then Thomas. And then way, 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 way down there is Crabtree. You know, I got an interesting stat here for you in the last six games versus Denver. Over the past four years that he's played against them, Crabtree has 21 catches for 174 yards and zero touchdowns against Denver. That wow. equates to three and a half catches for 21 yards per game against Denver. Sit him, avoid him like the plague this week. That's I have good. him on a couple of fantasy teams, and I like I am a Crabtree kind of guy. I've had him the past couple of years; he's been solid, but this. This Ravens team has not been able to get him the ball, and I do not think it starts this week. I think to Tlaib, I'm going to go bold here, and I'm going to say to Tlaib has two chain rips on Cra- Crabtree this year or this week. And, uh, yeah, oh, no, he's not there. He's Aqib not there. Tlaib <laughs> All right, no, Chris uh, hey, Harris is going to come out and re and and do the, the chain rip for him. I'm going to I'm going to lower it down to one chain rip, but Chris Harris is going to come. So you in think? Memory of Aqib Tlaib.
1: So you know? So we know that Akeeb Talib called Chris Harris this week, right? And said, "Hey, bro," or Chris you need to rip yo, that chain. I need you to rip that chain for me. And Chris Harris said, "Okay, I can handle that. We can, I can That's do you. that." That's funny. That's funny because I was literally just going to ask you, do you think that? Any of those past results for Crabtree versus Denver were just a, a result of Akeeb Tlaib or Akeeb Taleeb being in Crabtree's head, and then you went one further, and we're gonna say that to Tlaib was making a guest appearance for the Broncos this weekend.
0: Yeah, I yeah, but mess it up, but I still think that that, <laughs> that 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 they're gonna dominate him. They're used to playing, they're used to playing against him, and I do not think that he has a game this week. Put it down on the board. He is not going. He has four catches. 30 yards. I'm going to say he has a little bit better game than he usually does, but I'm going to go, gonna
1: I'm going to go off uh, against you a little bit here, Pat. I'm going to say Michael Crabtree has not done a whole lot this season so far. I think this is his coming out party. I'm going to go Sanders, Crabtree, and then John Brown and then Demarius Thomas fourth. Wow. So I'm going to go wow. really bold. I'm going to put Demarius Thomas dead last on the list this list. He's been wide receiver 36 so far this season. Crabtree wide receiver 41. John Brown wide receiver 22. This is PPR format and Emmanuel Sanders has been wide receiver 8 so far this season. Um he's looked really really good.
0: I'm going to yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to I'm going to one up you. I'm going to say Cortland Sutton has more points than Crabtree. Oh, wow. Cortland Sutton. Let me tell you, it's very surprising. He is a stash. He is a 100% stash. He's the rookie I would rather, I would like to have the most on my team. He's seen as many snaps as Emmanuel Sanders last week. He saw 80, he was on the field 82% of the time. That is crazy. I mean, he was just on the, he was on the field just as much as Emmanuel Sanders and a little bit less than Demarius Thomas. This is a guy who's going to see yardage as he gets more comfortable with this offense and could have a come out party this week.
1: Yeah, Cortland Sutton is a name, uh, particularly in dynasty leagues, guy that could that could really I have a big role. Dynasty.
0: Well, I he, I, I'm saying because be- draft leagues, I think he will have a role to play this year.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm saying even more so in dynasty because oh, we know the status of Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders not having too many more years. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep this thing moving along. We gotta we gotta hustle here. Um, I did want to mention that Denver has allowed 25.6 points per game to receivers this season. That's 14th worst. So they're, I mean, 14th worst. So they're kind of right in the middle of the pack, a little bit worse. Uh, both defenses though are in the top 10 in fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. Broncos 13.9 allowed to running backs, and the Ravens just 9.2. So Pat, Royce Freeman or Philip Lindsay in this game?
0: Oh, that is even close. Philip Lindsay for sure. He's, he is dominating the, the snaps. As much as you can in a three-headed monster, he's seeing about 42% of the snaps uh, compared to Royce Freeman, who's only seeing about 30%. So if he actually Royce Freeman got out-snapped by Booker last week. I was the one on the on the train where you do not like Royce Freeman got taken in the third round this year. I was not there at all. I had him right around where Carryon Johnson was, just because I didn't think he was going to dominate. And Phil Lindsay came out of nowhere, which I didn't expect. But I would 100% take lindsey this week i think he could he could see a good amount of the workload and honestly i saw an interesting uh stat come across my uh phone this today that philip lindsey has the most yards up the middle of any running back in the league right now
1: oh that's really interesting that That is crazy crazy 99 so
0: now i think that i think that's just because he had one long run last week right up the middle but sure uh, it's very surprising for as small as he is. So maybe, now,
1: maybe even if the game flow is in favor of the Ravens, say they're up by seven, eight, ten points, whatever it is, they could still lean on Philip Lindsay.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I think Booker might even be the the passing downs guy because Lindsay only seen three catch. Has he's only has three catches so far? Yeah. So that's a good point. Uh, but it's this this backfield is an enigma. But I would not want to be starting for this week. He might be the goal line guy, but He's not a guy I want to start on uh, my team. Okay, so, so yeah.
1: start Philip Lindsay. Don't start Royce Freeman. How about Alex Collins or Will Fuller as a flex play?
0: I'm going Will Fuller. Will Fuller for sure. He's going to see a touchdown this week.
1: Okay, how about Collins? Like or, he does. How about Collins or Marshawn Lynch at Miami?
0: As much as I hate Marshawn Lynch, I'm going with Lynch.
1: Okay, so we're way down on Collins then it sounds like.
0: I, I never really liked him, man, and he hasn't looked good. But Javoris or, or Buck Allen seen more snaps than even Collins has. So, yeah. Not looking good for him.
1: Okay, Pat, let's fly through these last uh well, one, two, three, four games in about fifteen minutes. I Think we can do that? All right, let's do it. All right, cool. All right, let's do it. We got it. We got this. How about the Giants at the Texans? Sunday, one o'clock. Texans have allowed nine receptions on ten targets for 138 yards and a touchdown to tight end so far this season. So not a lot of volume, but they've you know, they've given up it's been Cash. very efficient so far. Um so I want to ask you, Evan Ingram, at the Texans, or Trey Burton at the Cardinals.
0: This is hard, man. This would be a DFS Ingram- play
1: more so because you're probably you don't have these two people, these two tight ends on your same team, more than likely.
0: Oh no, but for sure, I I'm going to say trade Trey Burton. You know, Evan Ingram has not been a consistency kind of guy, and and you know. Uh, Eli has not looked good. I'm going to say Trey Burton gets a touchdown this week against Arizona. Arizona's let up a touchdown to tight ends both weeks. I think he gets a touchdown this week where Evan Ingram is, has a mediocre game.
1: Okay. How about Will Fuller or Sammy Watkins at San Francisco?
0: I like them both, but I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins. He's going to have a big game. At least at least 80 yards, five catches, and a touchdown.
1: Would you start Will Fuller over uh, any of the Lions receivers versus New England? <sighs> I guess if you want, you can rank those guys if you if you'd like uh, Jones, Galladay, Tate, Fuller.
0: I'm going to go Tate, Galladay, Fuller, Jones. Although, I like them all. Honestly, they're very high. I'm, on, I'm high on all these guys. Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller. I, I would not be mad starting any of these guys. I think they all could easily get a touchdown. And do not be low on Jones. Jones has seen a lot of red zone targets. Uh, but he just hasn't seen anything in, in between the 20s. So.
1: Yeah, he's just got to capitalize on those a little bit. He had a few chances against the Jets in week one. Is it reasonable to say that all four of those receivers, Fuller, Tate, Galladay, Jones, could all be top 35 receivers this week?
0: I would all, I would put them all in my top 25.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Oh, Me, wow. No, top 30. I'll put them all in my top 30.
1: 30. I was going to say 25, that'd be bold. Just 25, so
0: yeah, that's very bold. It'd but be I'd hard.
1: Put, yeah. I think that's possible. 30's fine. I would I don't, say 35. You know,
0: I don't think they'll all be in the top 30, but I would put them, I would rank them all in the top 30. Cause, you know, with, when you're talking about all the Den, the, the Detroit, uh, wide receivers, one of them's not going to do, I mean, they've all been pretty consistent, pretty decent besides Marvin Jones, but, you know, I still think he can, he can produce for you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, h- how about Michael Crabtree? Did we talk about this already? How about, um, uh,
0: Wow. Fuller over yeah, Crabtree or Yeah, Brown yeah sure?
1: that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to spit that out. Would you start yeah, Will Fuller yeah. over Crabtree good, or John Brown?
0: I would probably start him over both of them. Well, I had yeah, I would definitely start him over both of them.
1: Okay, fair enough. I had it written down here as how about over Crabtree or I was reading it as Crabtree or John Brown versus Denver, where we literally just talked about both of those receivers. I would rank
0: Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, John Brown, Crabtree.
1: Okay. Uh, how about Lamar Miller or Gio Bernard at Carolina?
0: Man, if you get to, if Lamar Miller's getting three touchdowns, I don't know how you can't guard, well, put him over pretty much.
1: <laughs> how do you feel about it though? I, this is I'm I'm asking I, you.
0: I, I, think, I agree with you. Lamar Miller should have a good day. You know the uh, the Giants have allowed the fourth most rushing yards in the league, and Lamar Miller is like the I think one of the, like the top. I think the fourth has the fourth most rushing yards in the league. So I'm going to say he has a good day, and I'm going to say he has, does better than Gio.
1: Okay. Um, how about Miller or Matt Breida at the Chiefs?
0: I'm going Miller. Okay. Who are you? How about you? Are your, these are your starts of the week. Who are you starting? I'm. It's tough. I mean, because you, I you said Miller three touchdowns.
1: I know I mean, that that well. Like, here, no. Listen, listen. Catches. Hear me out. Hear me out. That is my bold prediction. If I want a safer bet, I am going to go Breida Miller Geo. Okay. Because I think. That Brita has just that upside because of the game flow.
0: Even I think will get a lot of catches. But I, Lamar Miller's going to run the ball a lot. And he's been pretty. He's that's your true. guy. That I mean, I honestly think Miller is your safest bet. Just because what happens if this game ends up being? What happens if okay they they watch the game film and see some type of thing and Patrick Mahone say okay he's just going to be weak if we just blitz all living crap out of him and. The 49ers stay up. Breida might not get the workload, so I think Miller is probably your safest option
1: there. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh that's tough. I'll go uh, okay, I'll go Miller just slightly over Breida. they're very close, maybe back to back for close. me and then Geo third. Geo's um,
0: still a great start this week.
1: Quick stat though, 59, 59 rushing attempts, the fourth most rushing attempts against the Houston defense this year for 205 or you know, for 205 yards allowed. So not great efficiency. Uh, if you're, you know, Saquon Barkley, I think, is an obvious start this week. Um, oh, he's
0: he's accounted for 36% of the Giants' total offensive yards throughout the year. That's the most in the league.
1: That's great stat. I love that. That's a great stat, and he's an obvious start this week. But if you're looking for something maybe in the Houston defense that teams have game-planned against him, them so far, I think that they played the – who did they play so far? New England in Week 1 and then Tennessee last week. Um, I think so. You know, those two teams really ran the ball a lot. So maybe uh, the Giants identify something or they look back on those game films and say, hey, maybe we can run the ball quite a bit here as well. We'll have to see kind of how that goes. Um, let's talk about Tennessee at Jacksonville. Another Sunday, one o'clock game. And Pat, how about this one? Derrick Henry or Jamal Williams at the Redskins?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Because I that's don't, I don't, one. I particularly
1: I don't, don't like, like you, any either of these guys. guys. But if you had to pick go one.
0: With Henry. I'm gonna go with Henry.
1: Why though? How's that game flow against Jacksonville going to be in his, you know, in it, you his know, advantage? I at think
0: all? I think that Henry. If me, okay, so I got I got a, I got a, some stats for you. Lewis, De, Dion Lewis has outsnapped Derrick Henry when they're trailing twenty-two to five, but Henry has outsnapped Lewis twenty-four to fourteen when they are tighter in the lead. I think if if the Tennessee can find a way to get up on Jacksonville and uh, there's no way. You know, break, I don't know, man. Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is actually questionable this week.
1: I heard he's okay.
0: He's okay? I heard he's
1: questionable, but he's probably going to play.
0: I don't think, I just don't trust that Jamal Williams, to get a lot of workload, and, or, this is hard. I would try, I am avoiding everybody in this game, if I can, honestly, besides maybe Bortles, but... It's hard. It's hard as that is to say.
1: I still think for one more. I, th- I, I still, still think, think I would
0: go Derrick Henry because I think he's a better running back overall than than uh, Jamal Williams.
1: Yeah, well, he hasn't showed it so far. And in, well, honestly, he hasn't. if it were me, I would take Jamal Williams because I think for at least one more week that one the Packers I think are going to be up in this game, and two I think they're the still I, for at Washington. Yeah. I still think that they're I still think the Packers are going to be up m- meaning that it's going to play into Jamal Williams' hands and I think they're going to lean on him as the number 1 running back at least for just one more week and if he really stinks again this week then they're going to let Aaron Jones have a run at it but I think for this week Jamal Williams is still going to have 15 carries. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll lean Jamal Williams over Derrick Henry. I'd rather not start either. I would probably agree with you there, and I'm actually picked up Latavius Murray to bench Jamal Williams in our league. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't want to start a Packers running back this week just to see how that workload kind of balances itself out. Dion Lewis or James White?
0: Uh, James. Because
1: they're at Detroit. And we just talked about that James game. Cohen. Okay, James and we like we like that Corey scenario. Clement. Um, you Corey Clement over. Dion yeah, Lewis.
0: I saw. I read your notes. I'm uh, gonna, that's definitely gonna take Corey Clement.
1: What about Philip Lindsay? Uh,
0: I think that's pretty close, actually. I think I'd go Dion Lewis here.
1: Don't you think this could be a Dion Lewis game where he catches I like eight could, passes?
0: I think could, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. I, that's what I think that Dion Lewis is going to be. Who's uh, going to dominate here? Where Philip Lindsay? It's just because of that Baltimore defense might not see as much as he has last week. Okay, so. Uh,
1: how would you rank these running backs? I think I would go. I think I would probably go James White, Corey Clement, Dion Lewis, Philip Lindsay.
0: I would go Corey Clement, James White, Dion Lewis, Philip Lindsay.
1: Okay, so we're just flip flopping White and Clement. Yeah, I really
0: like. I really like Corey Clement this week.
1: I think it's a great play. Um, yeah, I, I think White and Clement are just both exceptional plays this week. All right, let's talk wide receivers in this game. How about Corey Davis? Or let's put him up against Chris Godwin Monday night against Pittsburgh.
0: I'm going to go Chris Godwin here. I love Corey Davis overall, but until Marcus Mariota can get back and healthy, and you can see it, then I'm not going to put him anywhere near the top. And especially with Jalen Ramsey covering him, that's yeah, uh, yeah. I think I mean, that's if the anybody's going to be able to beat Jalen Ramsey, it's a guy like Corey Davis if he can realize his full potential, but not with uh, Blaine Gabbert throwing him. Or oh. Marcus Mariota.
1: Okay, how about Davis or Tyler Lockett against the Cowboys?
0: You know, I think I might take Davis here.
1: Okay, so you're down on potentially the number
0: one receiver for the Seahawks this week. I'm down on the Seahawks in general. Yeah, that's
1: fair. They look terrible right now, especially that offensive line. And I don't and Davis,
0: know. If... They're probably close. I'd rather not start either of them. I'd probably pretty much flex anybody over these guys. But Dave, if you got to start Davis. I think he just has the upside to dominate compared to a guy like Lockett, who's mediocre at best.
1: Okay, five minutes to go here on the podcast. Let's talk San Francisco. Oh, ad-
0: real quick, Bortles oh. is a great stream this week.
1: Yeah, that's a. Does he? Do we have his numbers versus Tennessee, or do you have anything uh, on that? I don't, that's okay. I,
0: don't, I just think he's a great stream this week against a, not a very good Tennessee defense. I think what uh, I think they've let up the fourth most passing yards this year. Okay. And they, yeah, they just did pretty well against New England. So I don't know who the wide receiver is going to be, if it's Cole, if it's Westbrook. But All right, so how about,
1: okay, then what about Bortles or Ryan Fitzpatrick Monday night against the Steelers?
0: I think you got to ride Fitzpatrick until he yeah. flames out. He's going to at some point, but ride him.
1: Okay, how about Alex Smith? Ride or, the
0: Magic card ride. How
1: about Alex Smith or Blake Bortles? Alex Smith, they play the Packers at home.
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bortles.
1: Okay, so Bortles is a decent stream play this week, according to Pat. Let's talk San Francisco at Kansas City. Another Sunday, one o'clock game. I'm excited for this one. I think it could be an interesting game with some big time storylines. But Pat, I want to ask you about the starting running back for the Chiefs, and that's Kareem Hunt. Do you have any concerns with starting Kareem Hunt, just 34 carries, 124 yards, no touchdowns on the ground, and he has just one catch this season in two games for five yards and a touchdown that came last week against Pittsburgh? He's the RB number 28 in PPR, so uh, are we scared a little bit about, I know this is a, looks like a good matchup, but are you scared at all about Kareem Hunt?
0: I mean, I'm as scared as I was last year, at Cream Hunt. I mean, I—he's a guy. I mean, if anybody—if anybody out there listening owned him last year, you know how it feels. It just he dominated the first couple of weeks, and then he was just absent throughout the middle of the season. Then he came back and had some pretty good weeks at the end. I think he's a guy that, depending on what Andy Reid feels, if he woke wakes up in the left side of the bed, Cream Hunt's gonna get a good workload. Um, how about? He, there's you- no reason that Cream Hunt should not wake up at some point in this offense. They are doing well enough that cream hunt is going to come alive at some point. He's a very good running back. He has the, probably the best balance in the league. You watch this guy, he gets hit from all sides and he just tiptoes throughout the, the, uh, throughout the line and somehow stays up. It's pretty amazing to watch. So I think he's going to get going at some point And I think this week could be that week.
1: Would you start Latavius Murray over cream hunt this week? No, no, not even close.
0: Nope. I think it's close. i but I, Hunt's a guy, you drafted it, you drafted him to to be one of your starters. I there I fair I think there are very few leagues where you would uh have that ability to start Latavius Murray over Hunt. Okay. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't even if I I did have that ability. So you got what? Uh Alvin Kamara then Hunt. And then you picked up Murray. I don't think yeah. you have a flex option. Yeah, I, I just
1: think that again, uh, the the spread on that game, Buffalo versus Minnesota, I think it sets up really nicely for. I Murray. like
0: I like Murray a lot this week, but Hunt is so much more talented and in a better and eh, maybe not a better offense, but similar. Yeah. I'm going to go with the talent.
1: Okay, Sammy Watkins or Deshaun Jackson?
0: Let's Sammy go. Watkins. Deshaun Jackson is that boom bust guy? He's happened to hit boom twice in a row. I think the Steelers cover him a little bit better.
1: Yeah, 49ers have allowed the eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers this year. They've also surrendered 53 targets, which is the fifth most. Um, So, yeah, I think the Kansas City receiving core as a a whole could benefit from this game. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if Travis Kelsey, both Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, uh, and Kareem Hunt all had fantasy-worthy days. We've seen that before from this offense, especially, you know, obviously last week at Pittsburgh okay like I
0: saw a stat I think I saw a stat that said the 49ers have let up uh have had five people score over 12 fantasy points all, so far this year five wide receivers have scored over 12 fantasy points this year in two games I, so I like Sammy Watkins yeah to so so
1: basically the chiefs have uh, sounds like they'll have a good opportunity to have multiple receivers uh, you know Fire have good teams. good fantasy days uh let's talk about the last game here Pat and then we'll get out of here for the night. Oakland at Miami, another Sunday one o'clock game. We didn't have many AFC home games this week. Uh you know, obviously the one on Thursday night, uh, but just six altogether. So Drake or uh Kenyon Drake or Latavius Murray?
0: I'm saying at my start of the week, Drake.
1: Start of the week. I, I figured that I just wanted to to kind of confirm. Um how about let's talk tight ends here. How about Jared Cook or Eric Ebron?
0: I don't even think that's a question. I'm thinking it's, I'm starting Eric Ebron. Ebron. If, if, yep. Doyle, if Doyle was in, they would be back-to-back for me. But Ebron with Doyle out, I'm starting him. Jared Cook's a guy, I, just, I don't believe it, man. He's he's, he's, a, he's a serviceable guy, but they're Up not and down. target him unless they need him.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kenny Stills didn't see a lot from him last week. Two catches, 17 yards after recording that big week one where he had four for 106 and two touchdowns. Uh, so let's talk Kenny Stills in the Dolphins passing attack. How about Kenny Stills or Adrian Peterson against the Packers in your flex spot?
0: I'm still going to, I'm still going Kenny Stills, man. He saw, he's, he's dominating the, the uh the snaps in that offense. I'm trying to pull it up here. He saw 95 and 93% of the snaps the past two weeks. Go with Kenny Stills. All
1: right. Rank these three receivers then. Uh, probably all flex guys, but Kenny Stills, Ted Ginn versus the Falcons and Pierre Garcon at Kansas City.
0: I'm going Stills, Garcon, Ginn.
1: Okay, in a DFS would that change? Like in a daily uh, fantasy, I'd have,
0: look, I'd have to look at the at the uh,
1: the prices and I'd stuff. Put the prices, sure. but I
0: still think stills has the most upside. Yeah, there.
1: I always yeah. am interested in Ginn just because that ability to go for like five for one thirty, but. What do you think of uh, Marshawn Lynch this week? So they, yeah. Um, oh man, this is a game that I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I feel like Miami could be winning. Ugh. I agree. I, no, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm the same way with you. I'm not a Marshawn Lynch guy, so I, I don't have him on any of of teams. Here. I, you know, he could, he very well could, and I think he might, but I think.
0: What, Lynch has seen 117 yards on 33 touches. He's get, he scored both the past two weeks, but he has not looked great. I mean, yeah, he's a guy who's going to drive through piles, but he's just not getting that many yards, and that offensive line has not come together yet. And Miami is only allowing 3.3 yards per attempt uh, to running backs, and that's against the Titans and the Jets. So, you know, they've, they've seen guys like Derrick Henry and Isaiah Crowell who are bangers, so they've been doing pretty well against them. Yeah. You're looking for a touchdown out of Lynch, and he's only seen 65% of the snaps. That's what he saw last week, and that was even more, much more than he saw the week before. So I just – he's a guy He's a low-end RB2 to me, maybe a, a high-end flex, but I'd mm-hmm. try to be looking for other guys to start. I'd start Breed over him. I'd start Geo. I'd start Miller. I'd start Coleman. Any any of the any of the, the guys you are picked up off, Miller, Mur, or – Clement. Gio, Clement, Coleman, Murray –
1: you know, ah, for I'd sure. I start him
0: over Henry, but
1: that's in Collins, but that's better. Yeah, I, I, yep, that's fair. I would agree there. I would start Lynch over Collins and um, uh, and Henry too. Okay, let's get out of here though, Pat. Um, got to wrap up. We're a little bit, a little bit over. We did pretty good though. Thanks for coming on with me. Um, gonna run a NFC home game preview tomorrow. But everybody, enjoy their Friday night. We'll talk to you then, everyone. Bye bye.
0: See you later.